Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 170 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. We're here this evening to preview week number 12 in the CFL. Uh, we've got a wonderful panel here this evening. Let's bring them all in for you. First up, it's a man taking us through the major storylines here this evening. The great Adam Stewart is here. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Very, very awkward right at the moment. I'm not sure what Trey's got planned. He put something on Twitter earlier. I don't know if he has anything planned. He maybe has nothing, but he sure got me on edge. Anyways, uh, excited to talk the storylines and uh, see what this week brings. Right on. Happy to have you here tonight, Adam. Joining us here tonight as well is our resident betting expert, the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And yeah, I got a little half special guest it's not the special guest we've been teasing a um, little backstory i don't know if people know but i grew up on a small town just on the border of saskatchewan and manitoba on the manitoba side so for people who know drinking age is different so sometimes the saskatchewan boys like to wander down the road when the drinking age is 18 and that's how i met this guy so we've been friends for a long time it's my buddy gainer here he is michael had him right in the group chat and he's got his bomber hat on you know he's all ready we're all pals, and uh, you know, like I said, I don't really want to talk about these four games. I'm ready for Labor Day, boys. So let's have some fun. Yeah, I should add, Trey, that uh, de- uh, mockery of the Gopher is uh, punishable by death in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yes, he's staying home for Labor. He's staying home for Labor Day. Don't worry, he's not coming out to hang out with me. He'll stay here, but he'll be out for Banjo Bowl. <laughs> Well, happy to happy to have you here tonight as well, Trey, and also a uh, good old Gainer the Gopher joining us also here. Labor Day is next week. We're not previewing Labor Day tonight, but we're getting the ball rolling. I think next week is going to be maybe a bit of a heated episode between these two. I might have to uh, I might have to get a referee outfit and sit myself in the middle, and uh, we'll see how that one goes. But uh, yeah, Adam's here, Trey is here, I'm here, I'm Ryan, I'm our resident uh, fantasy guru. We'll be taking you through the uh, the CFL fantasy options for this week here as well. We'll do all that fun stuff. We'll take your comments, we'll take your questions in the live chat throughout the night as well as we are live over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and the Game Time TV YouTube page, all made possible by our presenting sponsors, Game Time TV. Before we get into the other the, the rest of the show, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojukri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by BetStamp. Uh, BetStamp is a free app that helps you find the best value in regards to your online sports betting. Uh, There's so many different sports books out there these days, whether you're fresh in the world of uh, sports betting, whether you're a resident expert like Trey, uh, it makes it real easy to find picks that maximize your return. And we'll get into some of those later on in the show. You simply pull up the game on the BetStamp app. You find odds you like, you can sign up for them directly through the BetLink page on the site as you're looking at them. Uh, And if you want extra insight, you can take a look at the commission-free marketplace, see what picks others are making, see what they're wagering. You can see what we're picking here as our consensus picks later on in the show by following us on there. CF Countdown Pod is the username. Uh, You can also find Trey on there at TreyCFCountdown. 
And through BetStamps Verified Bet Tracking, you get the guarantee that the odds you have picked are verified and legitimate. Uh, so visit BetStamp.app or download it from your local app store. Uh, sign up with referral code CFC uh, to let them know we sent you. And uh, enjoy enjoy betting on the CFL, other sports as well. And remember, always bet responsibly. Do not bet the farm. Uh, Adam, let's take it away with our storylines for week number 12. I can definitely uh, say please don't bet the farm. The crops are too good this year. Don't bet the farm. Anyway, nevertheless, we're going to start with Thursday night football tomorrow night. It is going to be a battle. Uh, well, Winnipeg's won the first two. Uh, we're going to see what happens here in battle number three. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers will host the Calgary Stampeders, who I have to say is now Bo Levi Mitchell-less Calgary Stampeders. Jake Mahar will get the start uh, for the Stampeders in this one here. Uh, first things first, guys, let's run through Calgary. Uh, what other storylines besides the Jake Bahar one are we talking about this week? Uh, Brian, you want to go first in this one? Yeah, this is uh, these two teams played a real tough game uh, twice, really, now between them. They're two of the top teams in the league. And, and all of the storyline, I think, is around Jake Mayer. Uh, we got to get the pronunciation right there, Adam. If he's starting the rest of the way, it's Jake Mayer um, there for that. Uh, learn his name because you're going to start seeing it a lot as I think he is primed to take over that starting role for, for the Stampeders. And that's what my eyes are on. Last time he came to IG Field, he threw for 300 yards, had almost a perfect passing in the first half last season, and the Stamps fell on a last-second field goal. So uh, I think Jake Mayer's got the potential to bring some life to this Calgary offense. I'm excited to see what he can do. Bo hasn't been on the same page as his receivers I am a believer in what Jake Mayer can do so much so that, yes, I picked him up in our fantasy league this week uh, as a longer-term play here. And that's the main storyline here for me is what kind of changes does this bring to the offense with also the huge re-addition of Kadeem Carey, who is the lifeblood of it. So, yeah, there's other things I'm looking at here too. You know, can Calgary's defense step up a little more here again? They've had a couple lackluster weeks. Um, you know, how does Winnipeg respond off the bye? But all eyes on this one are on Jake Mayer and uh, probably on Bo Levi Mitchell on the sidelines as well. Uh, Trey, what are you looking at here? No, I just want to watch Bo Levi cry on the sidelines. We all know that I wasn't very high on him going into this. And then during the season, ah, he started to maybe make me want to shut up. But I don't think it's him. I think the team around him uh, kept him floating. Uh, and yeah, now it's going to be the mayor show in Calgary. So I want to see how he does. But I'm more interested in how Calgary responds when they see their <clears throat> leader for the last 10, however long gets benched. You know what I mean? Like it could be a morale drop. It could be a morale boost. And you're also going into not a great, not a friendly place to play. So, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for Thursday night. Uh, right, Gainer? I'm going to go and do something that I won't probably I might regret. I, I just want to get the fire going because I want you to get the best bet option possible for next week, man. I just want to get you right riled up. <laughs> He's winding me up already. It's not even even started yet. Anyway. He hasn't uh, even mentioned Chris Strebler yet tonight. Come on. Do we have to go there? It's not even, it's not even eight minutes into the podcast <laughs> Chris Strebler's here. I mean, come on. Anyways... Uh, moving on a little bit onto that, I see that a uh, big part of Calgary's offense is going to be back this week uh, with Kadeem Carey back on the roster. 
So he's probably going to take over for Diedrich Mills, who had a serviceable couple weeks. Uh, maybe not quite the numbers that they're used to getting out of the backfield when they do have Kadeem Carey in, but has been okay as well. Uh, over on the Winnipeg side of the ball, there are a couple injuries to talk about. Uh, we are going to be missing Greg Ellingson. You guys will be missing him this week. Uh, also, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you guys will be missing Janarian Grant this week as well. Uh, two big names out of the Bombers offense. Again, they have some pieces in there, though. I wouldn't be too concerned, especially when you still have Dalton Schoen, who's just absolutely... I mean, is there really anybody else that you can pick for Rookie of the Year right now? I, I really can't see anybody in the league beating Dalton Schoen. The only other one would have been, for me, Titus Wall on the other side of this matchup on defense for Calgary, but I think he just went down due to injury, and he's out longer term now, so... Yeah, I think it's Jones to lose. Yeah, no, Titus Wall is out now. I see you're right. Also, uh, Diedrich Mills is off the roster. Another a little bit of a surprising one. Uh, Jalen uh, Filippo is also off the roster for this week for the Calgary Stampeders. I'm sure we'll get to that later on in fantasy because I think probably that was going to be a pick by a few guys. Uh, might have to make some changes there. Uh, on the Winnipeg side of the football, I mean, they've had good luck so far against the Calgary San Peters. It's been close. Uh, what do Winnipeg really have to do to make sure that they take a victory here once more in IGF field? Uh, Trey, we'll go with you first. I think they just got to run the ball and, you know, open up the pass game for Caleros, right? You know, they have Oliveira and Augustine and he's listed as a slot back, Ryan. You should let me pick him up in fantasy McCray. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh Oh, okay, whatever. Um, but, you know, I think they got they, they have a solid chance of running game. You have Dembski in, <clears throat> like you said, Dalton Schoen. You still have Rashid Bailey, who's been quiet, but we've all seen what he can do. Wolertowski's been picking up some big catches, and, you know, they still have some decent backups and and a defense, right, like that's going to stop everything. So they got to get the ball. They got to own the ball or own the possession and, you know, give their guys on defense time to rest. But I'll make a quick note of this. I shared it in the group chat. I don't know if this is true, but someone mentioned that, it could be the first time three global players are dressed on a team. So on the BC, they have Hansen, uh, Maru, and Machino. So three global players, you know, coming in for the first time. And I kind of made a joke, but that could be salary. That could be injuries. That could be a lot of different reasons why you get those guys in there. But, hey, they're not bad guys. You know, I think we've got some pretty good global players uh, in Winnipeg. Ryan, what do you think about the Bombers? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool to to see, you know, the, the big vision of uh, CFL 2.0. Well, look no further than the Bombers who are making it work. I mean, Deadra Hansen has been a big piece of that team over the past couple of seasons. Les Moreau, uh, you know, getting in in for some key moments this season too. And now, now you mentioned the third guy there. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that because uh, it seems like most teams kind of just use the global spot for a kicker position that uh, the Bombers have actually found a way to use uh, three global players in non-kicker roles is great to see. Uh, for Winnipeg, yeah, very interested to see what, how they do coming out of off of their first loss of the year and out of the bye week. I think I said it uh, after that loss that, you know, it was almost a good thing to get the streak out of the way, no distractions. I have no doubt in my mind that uh, Mike O'Shea is going to have this team riled up and ready to go Coming off a loss out of a bye week at home, I think there's about 27,000 fans slated to go to the game. Another great attendance night for Winnipeg. As much as we've talked about attendance being down across the league this year, maybe that's my biggest storyline in this one, is that the team's, for a thir another Thursday night game, actually drawing in a pretty big crowd. So 
I, I think this is going to be a great game between these two teams, and I'm excited to uh, be there, and I'm excited to see it tomorrow night. Yeah, what I'm looking forward to seeing or, well, wanting to see out of Winnipeg, I suppose, is them actually playing uh, uh, 45 minutes before the last 15. Uh, they traditionally have not started off very quickly. Uh, they've let up those early points. Yes, they come back in the fourth quarter, and most times they win the game off of a pickoff, a pickoff or they get a, a fumble recovery, or they do something on the defense to end up getting them going. But you know what? I want to see them put a full 60 minutes in. If they can put a full 60 in and they beat the Stampeders handedly, I don't know if I could even bet against Trey next week because I think that I'm going to just probably really regret it. But I'll tell you right now, if they put in a three, uh, one quarter game and win the game, uh, just kind of in the last minute kind of thing and really don't put the effort in uh, for the first three quarters, you know what? I'll feel a little better about next week a little bit, maybe. We'll see. Uh, depending, I guess, what happens also this week in our next game to talk about. Uh, that being said, on this one, guys, I know that uh, there's going to be a little bit of a uh, look at at Mark Legio due to the fact that he missed that field goal and then missed that other field goal and then nailed one off the bar. So, you know, I think that probably is one thing, and especially now uh, that NFL cuts are starting to come out, and a certain kicker from Dallas, Liam Mahirolahu, uh, managed to get himself cut. Is Mark Legio a little bit under the microscope, guys? Uh, Ryan, you want to run into this one first? Yeah, I, I don't think he should be, but he's going to be from the fans, right? Like, he's 90% on the season. I said this after the loss. Like, yeah, those were two ugly kicks. Everybody was down on them. Find me a kicker in the CFL right now. that Like, find me somebody who's available that you could replace him with. You know, maybe Liram Harala, who is that guy, you know, he's had a couple since down the NFL. Maybe he's going to come in as, you know, the Sergio Castillo late in the season and be the savior the Bombers need for the kicking game. But for now, you got to ride with Mark Leggio, who I think overall this season has done a pretty good job. So, yeah, it was a, a rough way to lose that game. Uh, but if I know Mike O'Shea, uh, as much as I've seen him over the past couple of years, He's going to be full confidence in Legio uh, trotting him back out there in this one. Uh, Trey, any final thoughts on this for you? No, I just I don't I don't blame the kicker, man. Like, yeah, I threw my hat after the kick because what other fans going to do? But after thinking about it, I'm like, you know, there was that offside call, a couple penalties that game. It, it shouldn't it shouldn't have even been down to Legio doing a game tying one or, or a chance for a game winning one and a game tying one and all that. So, no, and O'Shea is a player's coach. He's going to ride the. But he, he's not like Maurice, maybe, to doing it to a fault. He seems to do it to a good point. And then, you know, and football is a different sport than hockey. And um, and what's the word? The contracts are automatically paid out, right? Football, you're done. So I, I think I ride with him. I think Liram Aralahu is going to try the NFL. Like you said, there's cuts. There's going to be a team that maybe doesn't have a solid kicker in the NFL that might give him a shot, you know. So, <clears throat> so you never know. Yeah, there's, there's injuries that happen just before preseason ends, and there's all sorts of stuff that could still happen. I would be surprised if he comes up here, uh, even just after Labor Day, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm sure he's going to take all his opportunities, because he also could possibly be close to that NFL pension, just like the four-string New York Jets quarterback, in which I forget his name. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on, though, here to the next game. Uh, which is a for uh, I believe on Friday night or Friday afternoon actually. Uh, this is the Hamilton Tiger Cats heading down the road 
to uh, CNE uh, or to over to the uh, BMO field, take on the Toronto Argonauts. Round three of round four. Uh, we're not going to spend a pile of time because we've said a lot about these two teams in the last, uh, well, three weeks, I guess, or so, uh, especially against each other. Uh, first things first, though, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Do you guys really think that Orlando Steinauer just absolutely doesn't like running backs? I just want to know that first, uh, Ryan. I'll defer to the man whose key of the game is run the ball. Uh, Trey, what do you think on this? That's interesting because they average more rushing yards per game, but none of that seems to go to their actual running back. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it in NFL with four downs where you can literally run it three times. And as long as you average 3.3 yards, you're getting a first down. Right. And and I don't get it in the CFL like, yeah, like run the ball almost every first down and then, you know, after doing that three, four, five, six times, then you have a play action and you find your leading receiver deep. Like that's football, right? So I don't understand. Football is just turning to two pass heavy uh, game. But I mean, on the other side, Toronto doesn't really run the ball much either, right? They have a, they gave it to uh, Olette a fair bit last week. So this game should be a running matchup looking at how their quarterbacks have been playing, but it's going to turn into a gunslinger show. And this would be a Dunnigan special to call probably. <laughs> yeah, cooking on the sidelines and just waiting to uh see what comes of it ryan what's what's with this hamilton run game yeah i don't know it's an interesting one like they they just don't run the ball they don't give the ball to their running back don jackson is highly capable of uh making plays when he has the ball in his hands but uh it seems like that's the scheme that hamilton's going with and in a lot of games this year, honestly, it's worked for the most part for them. They just can't drive at home, right? Like, that's the big thing we're looking at. And I'm interested to see most of all with the, this Hamilton offense is what the quarterback position looks like this week. Because Matt Schiltz has been the starter while Dane Evans has about been out due to injury. Orlando Steinauer said Evans is going to play this week, but we still don't. We don't have a depth chart yet because it's a Friday night game and this is Wednesday. We don't know whether he's the starter, whether it's 1A, 1B. Earlier this season, we saw both him and Schultz out there in different packages. Like, who knows? We could be seeing Hamilton roll a full-on two-quarterback system in this game uh, because Matt Schultz has done some good things when he's he's been in there. I think Evans has been kind of shaky at times this year. Uh, so I'm really intrigued by how they're going to manage uh, the quarterbacks in this game to uh, to try to put their best foot forward here. And, and, you know, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Like, they're pretty banged up at wide receiver. I think that they're going to get a couple pieces. Like, I think they're getting Poppy White back, who was a solid piece for them last season there as well. Uh, I think he was a full participant in practice this week. So that might help a little bit there. But, yeah, you got to get the run game going and uh, take a bit of pressure off of the quarterbacks there if you're Hamilton. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, help having their leading rusher come back this week in Dane Evans. <laughs> well, that just sounds weird, but you know what? I had to say it. Uh, yeah, no, he's uh, is their leading rusher right now. And uh, maybe he can get something going that way. Hard to say. On the other side of the football uh, in the run game, we've got AJ Ouellette who gets his first shot at the uh, Battle of Ontario here. Uh Looked okay out of the backfield making catches last week. Uh, Coach Dinwiddie obviously used him in a different way than maybe what most people would have thought. Uh, is he able to run the ball, or is this going to have to continue to see any success out of this backfield? 
uh, by just getting out of the backfield and passing it to him. And I know that uh, Richard over in the chat actually had a question. Is McLeod Bethel Thompson on the hot seat? Kind of odd, but okay. Let's ask it, uh, Trey. Is MBT on the hot seat? Uh, if it was one division or he was in the West, yes. If uh, the fact that he's the on the team that's first in the East right now, I'm going to say no. I couldn't imagine them making a, ch- a huge change at quarterback when you're first, right? But I also say the same thing in Calgary. Like Calgary is only, what, one game back of second and they're making quarterback change, right? So the CFL is a weird league. I'd say no. I believe there's a little bit of a push for Chad Kelly maybe. But I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I'd keep going with uh, with MBT. Ryan, what about you? Yeah, if Chad Kelly wasn't the backup and didn't have kind of the resume we're talking about, like I don't know too much about the history of Chad Kelly. Did he play in the NFL? Was it more of a college stud? I think it was more of his college career. Maybe he bounced around the NFL a couple of times uh, there. So uh, people seem hyped up on him. They want him to get more of a role. Certainly some of the short yardage plays he did last week where he rolled it out to the side and went for a longer run. Yeah, people like to see that. I'm not ready to turn the the keys over to him yet, though. I think he could be the longer-term quarterback for the team. MBT is a veteran in this league. He's been he's uh, a bit up there in age for for you know prime quarterback age in the CFL. So maybe that's the long-term transition. But this is the guy. I think he's still the guy. I like MBT. I think he's still had a good season. We talked a couple weeks ago about how he's the third best quarterback in the CFL right now in a lot of statistics this season and. And our good friends uh, over from the X's and Argos, I think, have broken that down far better than we'll ever be able to um, on, you know, the play of MBT. But they got to put the ball in the end zone is the big thing. They're getting the efficient drives. You know, they're there. He's finding his receivers. He's dumping the ball off to AJ Olette, but they're just not finishing the drives and they're not getting in the end zone. And then all of a sudden you look at, you know, he might have a passing game with 300 yards. But we're also looking at only three passing touchdowns in the last four games for him. The thing I like that I've seen from him this year is he has, I think, one interception in those last four games. And that's been the big knock on MBT in the past is the interception. So I I think he's still a good quarterback. He's just got to find the end zone. And if the Argos can do that, I think they should be fine. But which Argos team are we going to get this time? It's up and down. It's up and down every single time with them. And uh, it makes it extremely difficult to know and to pick. Uh, in a game like this yeah just a real quick to answer your question uh one nfl stat he has one rushing attempt uh, chad kelly one rushing attempt for a negative one yard that's his only nfl oh, there we go yeah so it was his college career 2015 at old miss uh 4, rush uh, passing yards 31 touchdowns 13 interceptions and 10 touchdowns on the ground so you know 41 touchdowns in a one college year is not too bad but you know translating that into the pros game uh might be difficult to do yeah, with an NFL stat line like that, of course, you would expect him to come light up the CFL, right? That's how it always yeah. works at oh, yeah. the league, right? Like, how did Ocho Cinco do? I can't remember, you know. And what, what about that uh, Manzel guy, you know? <laughs> Johnny, I, I do think Kelly has the potential to be a good yeah, quarterback. Yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. No, I think Chad Kelly could be a great quarterback in this league, but I mean, it, it, like anybody else in the CFL, you got to hold your clipboard, you got to be in the practice roster for a little bit to learn this game. This game is completely different than the NFL game or any NCAA game for that matter. And if you don't know it, 
you're just going to look like a fool when you come here and try to think that you're going to go come here and end up going back to the NFL in about a year because it never really happens. I mean, unless you're an elite all-star and even then the game is so different that you got to earn your pay earn it around here. Uh, yeah. Ricky Williams, probably your exception. And that was mainly only because of a, uh, him trying to mostly skip out on a uh, suspension, if I'm not mistaken, about Ricky Williams, correct? So to me, yeah, that's that's the exception, right? Uh, moving on here, I think there's anything else that you guys want to talk about on this game here. I mean, we've talked about the uh, Ticats, their struggles in the fourth quarter holding off teams. We've talked about the Argonauts kind of being a Jekyll and Hyde team. I think we move on to the next game here. And it's not because I really wanted to move on to this next game. I really wanted to avoid this game, but uh, they forced me to do this game anyways. Uh, Saskatchewan goes on the road this week. They're going to play the Lions. They're probably going to get beaten badly, and we're probably going to go and go into Winnipeg uh, down uh, 0-2 since the bye week. Anyways, let's move on to the next game after this. And we'll, no, I'm kidding. I guess we can't really do that. Uh, Trey. What's your thoughts here on the Riders? I said a lot on Monday. What's your thoughts? Oh, man. I think I said, I'm just worried that Saskatchewan's going to go through their dark phase, kind of like what the Bombers did for 30 years. And maybe it might not be 30 years, but every time franchises have this, right, where they go through not the greatest of stage, sucks for the fans. But when you come out of it, 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 it does get better, hopefully, unless you're like the Cleveland Browns or the Washington Football Club. Like, if you're anyone other than that, you're usually fine. But, you know, Saskatchewan is the Maple Leafs of the CFL, and the Maple Leafs have been in, what, an 80-year dark spell? So, you know, other than some playoffs games here and there. But I don't know. This is an interesting one. I think it's an interesting one because of what's on what's going to be under center on BC. Yes, the O'Connor can be just as good as Rourke, but we don't know that right now and uncertainty and things like that. And, you know, there's the human element of nerves. I mean, I guess O'Connor has played a little bit. I agree with what Richard just put in the comment. Yes, I think it's the most interesting game of the week. I wouldn't call it the game of the week necessarily, but the most interesting one. Because I wouldn't be shocked if BC ended up losing this just because of the switch at quarterback. You know, it's a big morale loss of a quarterback. Yeah, O'Connor can still do some things, but I think it's... I feel bad for Fajardo, man. I feel bad. I keep calling him Andrew Luck of the CFL, and I, I, I really think that if he's not... If he's in the CFL next year, I think it's going to be with another team. And I'd be surprised if he's in the CFL, but not necessarily because the team won't pick him up, but because maybe he just can't physically do it anymore. Ryan? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think all of the eyes are on Cody Fajardo in this game. I think, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk a lot of quarterbacks this week. This is a weird week of quarterbacks across the board, right? Like we talked about Calgary's switch up with Jake Mayer. You have Saskatchewan, Fajardo is supposed to be the starter here, but uh, Mason Fine could get in for some reps here as well. There could be a short leash on Fajardo. Nobody really knows what to expect from Michael O'Connor on the other side of this matchup. So it's it's hard to gauge what we're going to see in this one. But I think you've you know said a lot in the last couple of days here for uh, you know, the riders, the big key Adam is the offensive line, right? Like Cody Fajardo is still a heck of a quarterback. I think he's got all the skills and I wouldn't be surprised to see all of a sudden Fajardo, if they can solidify things a little bit with the offensive line, that offense is going to pick up huge, right? Like Fajardo's a solid quarterback. They've got solid receivers. I know they're very injured at receiver right now, 
But, uh, and at running back, man, they're banged up across the board on the offensive side of the ball. It's just, just right when they got the defensive line back in there, uh, it seems that now that defensive line kind of has to carry the way for Saskatchewan. And they couldn't do it last week against Nathan Rourke. Hardly anybody has been able to. Now they get Michael O'Connor. So the biggest thing I'm looking at here for the Riders, again, is the play in the trenches. Can the offensive line keep Fajardo upright and keep him in the game? And can the defensive line make a miserable night for Michael O'Connor? Because their defense, again, can do enough to keep them close till the final five minutes and then they get the spark they need. Then sure, Saskatchewan can win this game, but I think it's going to be tough for them. Can I just jump in real quick? I'll ask Adam a real quick question because I kind of like a comment, I think, from Chris. But like, is everyone Mason fine in Saskatchewan? But if you think the old line's the problem, is he really going to do much better? Like, that's my question. Like, would... You, you just I would I keep riding the broken horse Fajardo there's no point in hurting your other quarterback if Fajardo's on his last limb right it sounds grim kind of but I think you just got to keep putting him out there until you shore up that line right Adam yeah no I agree because Cody Fajardo is still a pretty good quarterback yes he's rattled right now there's no question about it and his abilities to move around out of the pocket are limited. There's no doubt about it. Everybody knows this. It's it's pretty well documented. He is going to get a piece back this week with Kyron Moore, uh, very likely starting uh, this week in Saskatchewan. Shaq Evans looks like he's going to be on the injured reserve, I think, for one more game. Could be back for Labor Day. Uh, but again, is that what he needs? Probably not. Maybe it allows him to do some short yards passes. These guys are known to get some y- yards after the catch. You might get something going with that a little bit. But to me, you're not going to gain anything right now uh, by putting Mason Fine in there. Let's let's put it this way. If this was the Toronto Maple Leafs, you blame your goaltender, you blame your offensive coach, and you blame your head coach, right? In, in NHL, that's what the Maple Leafs always do. And they're star forward if they got one. So in this case, it's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You blame your quarterback. You blame your head coach and you blame Jason Moss because we are pretty much the fishbowl of the CFL. Uh, As much as I don't like saying it, fans are that way and it's going to be that way for as long as I live. It's going to be that Mason Fine is the best thing since sliced bread right now because he's a second string quarterback. When he doesn't look good, Jake Goligala is the best thing since sliced bread. And when he doesn't look good, they'll find another one that looks the best thing is sliced bread. And sliced bread is pretty great. Slice bread is pretty awesome. I mean, big fan of bread. Hey, you don't have to cut it. You don't have to slice it. You don't have to measure. Do nothing. It's already cut for you. I mean, it's all great. But you know what? Cody Fajardo has a tendency of stepping up in big games. He's done it in fourth quarters before. Minus two uprights in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Probably we make a great cup or two. And it it was that close. And Fajardo was a big piece of that. Is he? 100% 100% right now? No, he isn't. But that offensive line is at 0% right now. Until that offensive match, except for what they can do over on the defense. And on the defense, they can do some stuff. Uh, uh, Milligan, Mulligan has been looked great this year over on the defensive uh, uh, linebacking secondary somewhere in there. He's looked great. So has uh, Henderson as well, has looked very well as well. Uh, lots of good pieces in that Saskatchewan defense but they can only be on the field for so long. And unless you're going to start dressing Nick Marshall as a quarterback, 
and running defense 20 uh, for the whole game, which I don't know if that would be a great idea. I think you probably got to do some adjusting here and figuring out some stuff for Saskatchewan. We talked a little bit about it here for BC. Uh, Michael O'Connor will start the game. Of course, Nathan Rourke out to late in October with a foot injury. What, what do you do to help Michael O'Connor succeed? You've got the best probably receiving core in the league. You've got a pretty good offensive line. And also you've got James Butler who can definitely get it out of the backfield. I mean, you got the pieces there. What does the game plan have to look like, though, for Michael O'Connor? Uh, you got to get consistent early. And I know the CFL, a lot of things can change. But you need to, you know, like you said, hand it off to the running back. Some easy, quick passes. Get your confidence going. Roll, you know, roll the ball. I don't know how much teams usually care, but this would be a game that if I won the coin toss and I was BC, I'd take the ball first. Usually I don't care if you take the ball first or halftime or this or that. But, you know, I think you're at home and <clears throat> a home and uh, a home home series here. Right. They played last week. Yeah. Right. And then so you got to get your fans into it. You know, BC has been doing all right, I guess, and not super great, but you got to get the little people, bit of people there going. And um and get O'Connor some momentum, and you got to keep Saskatchewan and Fajardo off the field. And then when they do get on the field, hopefully your defense gets in his face, right? That's kind of what you got to do, right, Ryan? Yeah, they gotta they gotta utilize James Butler more than they have the last number of weeks. His usage has gone downhill as the season's gone along. His fantasy numbers have trended downwards over the past number of weeks. Uh, and I think maybe it was a bit of early season they relied on him a bit to take some pressure off of Nathan Rourke, and then they realized. Oh, yeah, we don't need to do that because Nathan Rourke is uh, fully capable of just throwing the entire game long and succeeding at that. So they kind of abandoned the run game a little bit. Well, now you, you, you dump the ball off to James Butler. You hand it off to him a little more often to give Michael O'Connor the same thing you did at the start of the year with Nathan Rourke. And you put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. You do a quick screen pass to Lucky Whitehead. You let him make his moves, use his speed, get down the field. We've seen him take those screen passes 70, 80 yards. So like, those are the types of plays I'm looking at here for, for Michael O'Connor. You know, a couple, a, a pretty simple, I think, game plan to start things off here for him. And then once he gets a couple good drives under him, then you build the confidence and Maybe allow him to take a shot here or there, and he's got the best group of receivers uh, available to to bring those down. Or even if he puts the ball roughly in the area, Brian Burnham or Dominic Grimes, like those guys are going to find a way to make the play. So, uh, you know, I, I I ranted for a little while on a recap show the other day about how I think BC is going to be perfectly fine despite the loss of Nathan Rourke. If you haven't had a chance yet, go back check that out. It's around the fourteen minute mark there. Uh, I think this team is going to be perfectly fine here, and I'm excited to see what the, the Michael O'Connor era, so to say, is going to look like for this team. Ryan, have you already got the uh, Hall of Fame ready for Michael O'Connor now, or uh, does he have to do a little bit first to earn that one? Well, yeah, I it would look a little suspicious if I put to put both new BC quarterbacks uh, in at the same year, so he might have to wait a year, but we'll, we'll see. Depends. If he goes out there and throws for 500 yards, uh, Nathan Rourke might have a tough time getting in now. There can only be one. For sure. The other thing I'm looking at, guys, is one other thing. Uh, there's a lot of chat in the chat here. Chris, I know, says you got to put in, uh, uh, what do you call Mason Fine for Saskatchewan. I just want to add this little point here because we are decimated badly in injuries in Saskatchewan. Most times when you're starting a uh, new quarterback, you want to give the ball to your running back because that kind of goes and takes the pressure off him. Jamal Moore was out for six to eight weeks. 
So you're going to start Frankie Hickson, who is a good core, is a good running back. Don't get me wrong, but really, Frankie Hickson over a guy that's pretty much leading the league in rushing. I mean, yeah, I guess. But your other problem is you'd also like to have your star uh, receivers in there if you could to get some pressure off of them. Because again, you can't rely on that offensive line to save them. Uh, as far as I know, Duke Williams is out for at least this week, maybe even next week, with a hip injury. Uh, you still don't have Shaq Evans back. You don't have Mitch Pickton in there. You, you're missing a lot of pieces for Saskatchewan. So do you want to go and subject a quarterback to that? I mean, Cody Fajardo's used to it right now. Yeah, may as well run with the horse that brought you here. Uh, for now, not saying you should do it for all the time here. And I say for Saskatchewan, the biggest key that you've got right now is just go and rush the daylights out of Michael O'Connor. Try to smoke him a few times in the backfield. Not that way, Garrett Marino. Uh, but I want you to go and actually like get some pressure on the quarterback. That'll help you guys, I think, out so much more than just going and trying to back, block in the backfield. Anything else in this game that we're missing here, fellas? Gainer, do you have anything you want to add? No, Gainer says he's fine. He he's got to work it, so he's got to stay quiet. Gainer's probably already had a drink or five in him if he's ready to go and talk about this game. Anyways, we're gonna move on here to the final game of the week. Uh, this one here has also got a lot of quarterback stuff to talk about. The Ottawa Red Blacks are going into Edmonton to take on the Elks after losing last week. Uh, they probably want a little bit of vengeance uh, for that game. I don't know if they can get it, but hey, uh, I guess the first thing we need to talk about is over on the Ottawa side of the football. Is this Paul Lapolis' last stand, or are we uh, saying that he probably still might make the season? What is it going to happen? What's going to happen here in Ottawa? Uh, Ryan, go ahead. I don't know. Like I, I, I think they need to move on to another coach, but the, the, the coaching cap throws so many wrenches and things like you're probably not bringing somebody else in. You're probably, you know, promoting somebody from within. If that's the case, maybe it's Bob Dice. I think if they were going to do it mid season, it's probably going to happen during a bye week. They had one a couple weeks ago. They didn't do it then. I don't know when their next one is. I think maybe they're getting a bit of false hope from the uh, East Division standing still being so tight. You know, they're not that far out of it really here, but a loss to Edmonton could do it for them. But uh, the big thing is, uh, you know, that uh, Nick Arbuckle starting this week for the Ottawa Red Blacks over Caleb Evans. I was high on Evans in the games he was playing well earlier this year, and then it kind of, you know, it's passing game dried up the past two games and he's still using his legs well. But if you're a quarterback and you're not using your throwing arm effectively, well, it's hard to, you know, move the offense down the field necessarily that way. So I don't know what I'm more shocked about, like downright speechless about this week, that uh, Calgary actually decided to put Bo Levi Mitchell on the bench or that Nick Arbuckle actually has a legitimate shot to start on a football team here somewhere, because it seems like this guy has had just the, the worst road over the past couple of years. They've been playing with him, and now he gets the shot, and if he can play well here, I don't see any reason he won't be Ottawa's uh, starting quarterback the rest of the season, or at least till Mazzoli comes back. So uh, we'll see if he can bring a bit of a spark to an Ottawa offense that has shown flashes at times this year, but seems to be drying up right now. Uh, what do you make here of Ottawa, Trey? 
Sorry, guys. I was just going through their coaching staff to see who they could maybe replace Lapo with. And yeah, like you said, Dicer, as a joke, the ex Blue Bomber Rough Rider Alex Suber is their receiver coach. And they have Fred Reed, I believe, was also a bomber on their coaching staff. So, I mean, you know, there's some old players on there that you could throw up there that, and Lapo could definitely, I'm sure there's a seat at TSN for Lapo. I'd rather have him on the halftime show, honestly, or as ask an Saskatchewan right, Ask Saskatchewan right now, Trey. They'd probably like to replace a Jason Moss with him. That's true. That's true. I would definitely take him as an OC. I'm sure a lot of teams would have him as an OC, but yeah, I don't, I really don't know. It's such a tough thing. And like Ryan already touched on the, the coach cap and I think it's garbage coach. Cap, I don't, I'm I'm all for baseball open no salary cap in anything you got the money spend it that's kind of where I like to go with with sports and especially with coaching it 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 handcuffs you so bad so but I the game itself you know we want to talk about the last game Saskatchewan you know eesh, and then if Edmonton can get their first win in what a thousand days or something first something first home win in like a thousand days. They're right on Saskatchewan's butt, and they're both going to be battling for that wild or the cross. Wow, I got baseball and the Blue Jays on my mind too much. Uh, the crossover spot. So this one, I think it's a battle of bottom feeders. But this one again is another interesting game. So, jeez, eh, I don't know about Lapo. I really don't. I hate to say it, but yeah, if I was the G, if he was on, if I was on Madden, he'd be canned. A uh, couple injuries to talk about in this one as well. Uh, Emmanuel Arsenal has not practiced all week so far. That could be a big part uh, for the Edmonton Elks. He's on uh, the sixth game, I believe. Actually. He is on the sixth game now? Okay. I didn't see that earlier, so I just see that he hasn't practiced here all week. Same thing with Tony Washington. And also there was a cut done by the Edmonton Elks, which is kind of a little bit of a strange thing. Justin Renfro, uh, offensive lineman, was cut. If he isn't on his way to Saskatchewan, I don't know who will be. Uh, over on the Ottawa side of the football, they've got a couple of injuries to note as well. Justin Howell, defensive back, shoulder, did not practice so far all week here. Uh, also, we've got uh, Dino Boyd, uh, limited in practice the first day. He did play in the full one, though, uh, illness as well. And uh, I'm just taking a look at else who else they got. R.J. Harris just hasn't had much of a season so far. Has I don't know what's going on there with him in Ottawa. However, you know what? He's also got a hip injury, hasn't practiced all week as well. Uh, looking on the Edmonton side, oh, go ahead, Ryan. One guy for Ottawa we haven't talked about that I really hope to see out there on the depth chart and used in a huge way this week is the return of Devontae Deadman. I know Terry Williams has been uh, you know, a solid returner here as well. We're talking about the guy who like tied or set the record for fastest to five return touchdowns with Ottawa last season. So if he comes back in in the return role, Paul Apley's better put him out there on offense as well. He's a game breaker. He's the lucky whitehead type speed, dynamic playability that I think he can be that that next Brandon Banks, lucky whitehead type role in the CFL. But last season, Lapo didn't use him there. I know they've got a bit of upgrades at wide receiver this year, but I want to see Devontae Deadman on offense. And I think if Ottawa does that, that could turn things around here for them potentially. No, I agree. I just, I'm surprised the Miami Dolphins couldn't use a guy like that. You know, <laughs> you would think that you'd want someone because have you seen uh, Tuo's arm? You want a guy who can be able to run quick across the field and get some of his throws. But it's great to have the talent back in the CFL. And, and, and yeah, it could be a game changer a little bit on special teams. You know, these teams are not that far apart. You know, I think Ottawa's just had a couple bad bounces and a couple bad breaks, but maybe a kick return or two could definitely get them in the win column. 
the next thing I wanted to talk about on this was, yeah, Devontae Dedman, yeah, right. He is a great guy. He looks like he's back in. And if he can get some momentum going, you never know what could happen here. The East is still wide open, crazy enough as it sounds. When a team only has one win, you'd think they'd be done. But in this case, they aren't. You could turn it around really quickly. However, I really, really want to see Edmonton win this game for only one reason. Isn't it like well over 1,100 days since they've had a win in uh, in the uh, Commonwealth Stadium? I mean, it, it's been way too long. Our poor friends over at the Turf District have been suffering in silence for so long. Well, sort of silence. They kind of talk about it once in a while over there too. But, you know, isn't it, it – it's got to be time for Edmonton to finally get a home victory, isn't it, uh, Ryan? Honestly, if we have a home-and-home home series where Ottawa and Edmonton each win on the road in each other's buildings, two teams that just can't seem to get a home win, like, that's just the dumbest thing ever. Like, these are two teams close down, bottom of the standings, as we mentioned. It's absurd if uh, if they both go out and win on the road and uh, the home-losing streaks continue now. And it's been a long time here for Edmonton, and uh, I think – I, I the, this is as good as a, of an opportunity for them to win a game here at home as well. And if they can start doing that, you know, Trey touched on it a little bit there that they could get it back in it with Saskatchewan. They've only played three games against the East so far, if, I, if I'm calculating correctly. And they are 3-0 and in those three games. So uh, they haven't played as many. They don't have as many tight divisional matchups as, say, Saskatchewan does down the stretch. So maybe they've got some... I don't want to say easier, but it's the East Division this year, so maybe easier games coming up. You know, maybe Edmonton's got a shot to get back in this if they can get momentum here with a two-game win streak. Uh, Trey, what do you think on the Elks here, uh, potential to break the streak at home? Well, I really hope they do it, and just like Adam or yeah, Adam said too, because the home thing. But then I like what you're saying, Ryan, about the standing. So after this week, uh, I believe, yeah. Each uh, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan have a home and home for Labor Day Banjo Bowl, and then Calgary Edmonton play, and then after that, it's Edmonton Saskatchewan. So that could be the battle for the, you know, the geez, I keep wanting to say wild card crossover game, and and you know it, that that could basically be the wild card game. The winner of that definitely gets a foot up and could get some points towards the tiebreaker. So you know we're gonna think that traditionally the two Labor Day classic games might split. So they're going to basically be a game or two away from each other, if not right on each other's heels going into that game in three or four weeks. So that's a game I really want to circle on the Friday, September 16th, Edmonton in Saskatchewan. That's going to be a big one, I think, unless unless one of unless Edmonton somehow sweeps Calgary or Saskatchewan sweeps Winnipeg and just gets that much farther ahead of the other. That game's going to be huge. That night lights out game in Saskatchewan, exactly. Uh, eight o'clock at night should be a good one. Uh, make sure you get your tickets because, yeah, it'd be nice to sell one out in Saskatchewan this year. I, I tried, mean, I tried, yeah. I, I, I did my contribution. I bought Labor Day tickets. I uh, I bought a couple tickets from uh, the riders, and I get an email every couple weeks from them asking if I want to support. And I decided I was going to this time. <laughs> there you go, that's nice of you. So, we thank you very much for your business, Ryan. Uh, all right, Trey. Uh, Brian, maybe one day you'll help us support our riders. Hey, I, I, I'm cheering on a quarterback wearing green and white now. Does that help? I mean, it's Chris Strebler with the New York Jets. but I set myself up for this every time. Uh, going on here, we just got one last little thing I want to bring up, and that's uh, CFL news. 
There was two players fined this week here in week 11. Uh, Ottawa's Red Blacks linebacker Shahid Salmon uh, was fined for a high hit on Taylor Cornelius, quarterback uh, for the Edmonton Elks. And surprise, surprise, Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive lineman Garrett Marino was fined for unnecessary roughness on BC Lions offensive lineman Peter Godber after he blew him up on a snap. Why? Wasn't it on the first? Was this the hit on the first play of the game, too? No, 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 no. This was a little later on in the game here. I think it was on a second down, and uh, it was a procedure call against BC that happened, but Marino just absolutely smashed the center. And again, that's kind of a no-no. You don't smash the center when he's looking down on the ball. Uh, So... Ah, I don't know what to say even money more on Garrett Marino. I know what this I'd like is to becoming, say. Playing football is becoming more expensive than it is beneficial for him. Like, if he keeps this up, he's going to start losing money off of playing in the CFL. Does that mean he's actually a uh, shareholder and owns part of the CFL for paying in all the time? <laughs> I mean, it's getting bad in Saskatchewan in that case. But you know what? It's, it's a good thing Gary Stern got in to uh, own the Alouettes when he did, because uh, otherwise they might hand it to Garrett Marino with all the fees he's been paying. Oh, it's insane. Uh, Trey, any comments on Garrett Marino besides, uh, you know, the usual what the heck is wrong with him? No, I have no comments on him. There was a few things that I thought might have been fine that I feel like low blocks are kind of a ish or a topic of conversation i think it was jalen philpot gave a good one to a defender and there's a couple they're legal but it's oddly legal so that's my only thing is maybe take a look at some of those low hits on defenders because what well, you said the one fine was a get on a hit on cornelia so we seem to protect the quarterback but we're not protecting many other guys out there so that's what i want to see a little bit more of but other than that but don't wreck the game don't wreck the game you know, I rather them be fine than a 15-yard penalty on the field at times. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's some like the Marino one where, yeah, clearly you can't hit the center and there's things like that. But there's some where low blocks and that don't necessarily that are legal, but maybe try to slowly avoid them by, you know, dishing out some fines. And I'd be fine with that. That's all. I'm good. How many times can we say the word fine on an episode? Tune in to find out. Uh, with that, guys, I think we're going to move over to fantasy and... We might be saying fine again here is right. Yeah, it'll be a much easier to do so if Mason Fine ever becomes the definitive starter. But uh, yeah, let's talk CFL fantasy here. Let's take a look at our matchups and our fantasy leagues, and then we'll dive into the available options this week. Uh, the three of us are playing in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. You can follow all of that on Twitter at CFL Pod Fantasy. This week, our matchups, uh, Adam, you're sitting at six and five right now. You're paying, you're playing Steve from the Piffles podcast, uh, who's six and four. Uh, I'm sitting at nine and two facing Travis from the, uh, two and out CFL podcast. Who's at five and five. And, uh, Trey, you're sitting at seven and four here playing, uh, Ryan Valentine from the, uh, Horseman radio at four and six. So, uh, what do you guys uh, make of matchups here this week? Uh, Trey, you're playing Ryan. He likes to start only Stampeders. They're playing your Bombers. Could be a, a double good night on Thursday night, couldn't it? Yeah, real quick. I got to say, I used to be a huge Big Brother fan. So it's actually kind of a weird, tingly feeling. I'm <laughs> like, I'm playing a guy that I used to watch on TV. I, I didn't necessarily root for him. I don't want to say I couldn't stand him. But I did, you know, from a TV standpoint, you know, I, I kind of wanted other people to win that season. But now it's an interesting feeling. I get a guy who 
Yeah, cool. But I, yeah, I was just thinking, I was going to ask, does he still play nothing but stamps? Because I've went pretty heavy away from, yeah, wait, I don't have a stamp on my team. I don't even know. I might've put the fill pot in, but I think he's hurt. Right. So, you know, I'm staying away from the stamps. I, I think I'll do, I'm actually surprised he's four and six and only a thick stamp Peters. That's actually, and he's not that far out of a playoff spot. So, I mean, who knows? Adam, what about you? How are you feeling this week, man? You're right on the eighth spot, man. You're right on the playoff line. Exactly. And uh, it's an all Sasky battle this week here against Steve. I mean, hey, I wanted to bring up one thing, though, uh, with uh, the Piffles pod. Those guys are doing some great work over there, helping out the Canadian Cancer Society uh, with a huge, huge fundraiser on September 3rd. Uh, at the Labor Day game, essentially, I think that's the same day, I think, if I'm right. Uh, they're doing a dunk tank. They're going to have an autograph signing there by Wes Cates. They're going to do all sorts of cool little things over there. Uh, so, hey, go and support them. If you guys are from Winnipeg, make sure that you help them out as well. Uh, all going to a great cause. And, uh, yeah, I, I've talked to Steve over the past in the uh, – in the actually, I a little neat story. The first time I went to a Ryder game, and uh, it was at the new stadium – I seen Steve there and I was like, Oh, Hey Steve. He kind of looks at me. He's like, Oh no, not another one of those. And it goes like this and walks away. <laughs> no, no, no. He just, I think he was having a busy day. So, you know what? It happens, but uh, no, I'm uh, looking forward to trying to take him on and uh, down him or dunk him before he gets dunked himself. So uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Uh, get the bunny hugs out. It's uh it's an all sasky battle. <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, check out at Piffles Pod on Twitter to learn more about the, all the stuff they're doing for charity there. Love seeing all the great work for a great cause. And of course, this fantasy league is for a good cause as well. At the end of the season, uh, whoever takes home the top prize is taking home a good good couple hundred dollars here for a charity of their choice. So we're all trying to uh, we're all trying to vie for that top. Get in the playoffs, get in the top eight, and then uh, it's uh, it's uh, anybody's game from there. So uh, I had a loss last week. People are catching up to me, so I got to come out with a big win this week against Travis. Uh, so we will see how the three of us do there. Uh, over in our little uh, season-long fantasy league here on the podcast, uh, it's uh, there have been a lot of transactions. It has been a busy day here in our fantasy league the waiver wire has never been so hot and uh, so much money has never been spent in one week on the waiver wire we had a couple major transactions uh trey won the bid on aj olet from the toronto argonauts with a 20 dollars bid trey how you feeling about that pickup there disappointed because i thought he was canadian but other than that it's fine you know i should have researched a little better i just went based off the name i was like that's a good quebec name but you're right adam uh that's also a Cajun name and down in Louisiana, which I think he's from. Well, actually, I'd be completely wrong on that. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but I'm, I feel good about it. I needed to, I needed a little bit of a uh, little bit of relief there. And uh, I didn't want to waste a running back spot on McCray. I still, I still, I sent in my email to the fantasy CFL fantasy to see if they can change him to receiver by tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. Did you actually? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I should, I should. I should just uh, like spam tweet the CFL until they change. Because like, again, in the NFL, NFL fantasy, they a lot of times have the slashes for guys, you know, and you can put them in both. I think for guys like McCray and, and stuff like that, you should definitely have that option. But, you know, next year. Yeah, next year. Uh, let's see what other moves we have. Trey also moved Greg Ellingson to IR, I believe, because uh, he is out on the six game injured list. Also picked up Tavares Daniels as a free agent. 
Adam, you made a couple moves as well. You picked up Kadeem. Uh, you took Kadeem Carey off IR. You dropped Diedrich Mills. You picked up Kyron Moore off the waiver wire. You picked up, in a bidding war with myself, Michael O'Connor off the waiver wire. I think those are your big moves of the week. Uh, what do you make of uh, your transactions here, Adam? No, that was my big one was Michael O'Connor. Look, I I really like the Canadian quarterback. Uh, he's good. I mean, the commissioner had to remind me of the rules about using a Canadian quarterback. That you set yourself. <laughs> I called it up. Yeah, I know. I know. I went and I grabbed the uh, shotgun and firmly shot my own foot off with it. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, you know what? I'm happy to get him. But I think more shockingly, I released a couple of players that uh, – uh, were not probably players that you would expect to see released. Uh, you want to go through those, right? Yeah, remind me if I forget any of them, but Shaq Evans was on your IR. You let go of him. You let go of Malik Henry, who was uh, one of your wide receivers. You almost let go of Nate Bahar and tried to pick up Jalen Philpott off the waiver wire, but uh, Trey beat you to that last week already, so that didn't quite work out as planned. Uh, you also put Jamal Morrow on IR and uh, dropped Bo Levi Mitchell to make room for Michael O'Connor and uh, picked up Frankie Hickson, I believe, as well. I think I got all of your moves there, Adam. It's been a busy day for you. Yeah, no, I said to Adam, uh, after consulting with the football from uh, that's got green and yellow on it, he told me to make all these moves and uh, he also told me to keep chopping wood, so... I don't know if that has anything to do with it, uh, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, no, I'm kind of. I wish uh, Bo Levi Mitchell the best in all his future endeavors, and uh, yeah, I also wish Jack Evans the best in his future endeavors, and he was promptly signed up, I believe. Yeah, Mike made a couple of moves here this week. Uh, Dane Evans is off of IR, so he released Matt Schiltz and put Dane Evans back in at quarterback and has also immediately added Shaq Evans to his injured reserve open spot. So we'll see, uh, maybe playing a long game there, get him in there before he comes back. Um, as for my moves this week, I got outbid on AJ Olette. I got outbid on Michael O'Connor, but I did get a guy I'm very excited to have in my roster because he starts at QB this week, uh, and that is Jake Mayer of the Calgary Stampeders. I went from having the best quarterback situation in our league with Nathan Rourke last week to now I was stuck with an injured Nathan Rourke and uh, uh, Cody Fajardo, who has been struggling a lot lately. I cleaned house. I I put Rourke on IR. I picked up Jake Mayer. I also let Cody Fajardo go, and I picked up Taylor Cornelius, who uh, we'll get into talking about why I really love picking up Cornelius here in a second. I also, uh, did I make any other moves this week? I did move Duke Williams to IR. I dropped James Wilder Jr. because he's not coming back this season. And uh, in my open spot, I needed a second Canadian because Nathan Rourke is on IR now. So I picked up Luther Hakunavanu, who is a starting receiver uh, Canadian for the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, Trey, you followed that up with one additional move here. I dropped Cody Fajardo. You have picked up Vinan in green and white here at QB this week. Uh, take us through that. I needed a quarterback to start this week because my other quarterback's Trevor Harris and I had Caleb Evans and he's injured, right? Or he's not starting, I believe. And my choices were Arbuckle or Fajardo and I was not confident in Lapo's team. So I took Fajardo. And yes, I know there's a good chance he might not start or he might share time and he might get yanked like the 
those two old guys on the Muppets getting yanked off the stage or, or whatever, right? But ah, gotta, I gotta go. It's I'm, I don't care at this point. I'm trying to go for Curtis Rourke or Connor Bedard, whoever is the first overall pick next year or in two years. Lots of seasons. Connor Bedard. I mean, different different sport, but you know that's fine. That's fine. I, that's fine. I think he'll get me enough points that they'll cross over fine. Lots of season left to go here still as well. Um, this league, we're going to the very end of the regular season. So uh reminder, if you watched our draft episode, uh, first four picks in the draft this year, Zach Caleros went number one, Andrew Harris went number two, Bo Levi Mitchell went number three, Cody Fajardo went number four. All have since been dropped or traded to one another. Uh, so like Trey said when we were chatting earlier today, that's fantasy football for you. And speaking of fantasy football, there's a lot of interesting picks every single week. So let's get into talking about the quarterbacks here. If you're playing the official CFL fantasy site, let's take a look at the QBs for week number 12. The charts are here. I've made a few uh, changes to them. I added a little more to them here as well. I added a last three games average column because we're at the point of the season now where you can talk about a guy's average over the course of the season, but you got to get those guys on the hot streaks, right? So we'll take a look at some of the players here and whether or not uh, they're holding up better, worse, or the same as their season-long average. Uh, Of the available quarterbacks this week, Zach Claros is the most expensive at 97.12 because Nathan Rourke is on IR. Um, All the way down to the cheapest starter is Nick Arbuckle at 63.88. This is a real tough week to figure out a quarterback, guys, because we've got a couple new starters. Arbuckle's starting new in Ottawa. Michael O'Connor, we haven't seen him yet. Uh, We've got Jake Mayer, we've seen very limited. He's taken over for Bowie by Mitchell. Uh, what is the leash like on some of these guys? What is the leash like on Cody Fajardo? How is Hamilton going to look with Dane Evans and Matt Schiltz? This is a messy, messy week of quarterbacks for week number 12. The options I like this week, I'm pretty tempted to go with Michael O'Connor at 7,500. I think BC's wide receivers are going to be able to, you know, lead them to a, a solid point total here. He's a pretty cheap price here as well. Uh, and I think he's got a good matchup against that Saskatchewan defense here, that secondary specifically. Uh, I also really like Taylor Cornelius, and this is something where you know if you sort the if you sort this chart by last three game average, who's the top quarterback on the chart? It's Taylor Cornelius. He's averaged nineteen point five points a game in his last three games. He's heated up. That's why I put him on my fantasy roster in our league because he runs a lot. He's getting better in the passing game. And he's close on averaging that threshold there. So I'm leaning something like Michael O'Connor, Taylor Cornelius here this week for me. Uh, I do like Jake Mayer. I don't know if I love it against the Bombers defense. I think maybe I want to wait one more week, but I am considering it there. That's what I'm looking at for quarterbacks this week. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. What are you looking at here? Well, I'm looking at this and just thinking I'd rather like to have one of those little spinning wheels and just go and go and pick which quarterback comes off of it. Because honestly, I don't have a clue this week. To me, I don't know if I pick the quarterback or I pick the team around the quarterback, and that's the way I'm probably going to work this one. I think I'm going to go with Michael O'Connor just because I think he has the most complete team around him, and he also isn't facing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. Uh, that's my theory on this one right now is probably it'll be Michael O'Connor, Jake Mayer. Uh, like you said, 
I don't know if I really, really like it because he's with the blue uh, against the Blue Bombers this week, uh, and that defensive line could make his life miserable. That being said, if Saskatchewan can get going, it could be the same thing for Michael O'Connor uh, in the defense, but I think that they could tire out as well, just like they do every week. So what the heck, I'll take the BC Lions quarterback. Trey? I just I had the exact same thoughts as Ryan. I had uh, O'Connor in at first, and then, you know, when he uh, even before he put the averages up, I was like, no, I think Cornelius has had a pretty good last couple of games. So I slid over to Cornelius. And it saved me. And, you know, it was a little couple hundred dollars more, but I changed my defense around because we'll talk about it later. There's a team. I know they have a tough team they're playing against, but there's a team defense that's at the minimum for defenses. That's kind of shocking. So kind of helped me out there. But I think I'm going to go Cornelius, boys. I think I like his game style. He's got an Ottawa defense. And he's one of the – I should also add just real quick, uh, Cody Fajardo is a really good option there at $9,200. I think you should take him, Trey. I mean, he only had a negative 2.1 last week. I think he should be okay. I, I can't double book him. I got him in the other league right now. <laughs> this league's a little bit more tough. I, I have to beat the celebrity, man. I got to beat the guy that I, you know, was booing on Big Brother Canada however many years ago, man. I got to. I got yeah, around I can't afford to. And I can't afford to lose, so. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing I like uh, about Taylor Cornelius the most is probably just the consistency. Like, you know he's not likely not going to get yanked in this one we've seen even that blow to bc they didn't pull him to put uh kyle oxley in a qb so volatile week at quarterback maybe some consistency a cheap price even if he doesn't perform a huge week you still have potential there from uh taylor cornelius let's take a look at our running backs here this week uh kadeem carries back in the lineup he's the most expensive at eight thousand nine hundred fifty nine dollars all the way down to a couple of interesting options at the $2,500 price. Uh, this week, again, interesting week here. What some of the ones I like the most. I'm, I, I've got my eyes on Brady Oliveira at $67.37. Uh, here's where the averages, you know, come into play at a couple of these guys here over the last few weeks. James Butler has averaged 17.1 points a game on the season. The last three games, he's averaged 10.1. He has trended down. Those aren't numbers you like at an $8,000 price. A guy you do like is Brady Oliveira, who 10.4 average on the season, but the last three games he's at 17.7 and he hit 18.8 last one. The Bombers are using Oliveira now, effectively. He still is probably going to get touchdowns poached by uh, Dakota Prukop, which sucks uh, for your running back, but he's getting more of a workload. I like Oliveira this week. I like A.J. Olette at 4501. Uh Big game last week, 18 points, mostly as a receiver. I don't think he's getting eight catches again this week or whatever it was, but I do think maybe he gets a little more involved in the rushing game. Frankie Hickson, intriguing pick at 4,000 as the starter for Saskatchewan, but I don't like the uh, Jason Moss playbook, and I don't like the matchup with BC, so I'm a little hesitant to go the direction of Frankie Hickson here. Uh, you could go Devontae Williams against that Elks defense. Uh, Ottawa's running back, but again, their, their running game hasn't been super sharp. couple other sneaky potential plays here. Greg McRae is listed as a running back, but is the starting slot back for the Bombers this week. He comes in at 2,500. If you really want to punt the running back position, you could basically get another wide receiver at that spot for the bare minimum price, which could, uh, could pay off well for you. 
this week. That's that's kind of the options I'm considering at running back this week, a combination of McCray, maybe Oliveira, uh, AJ Olet, something something in that general category there. Uh, let's start with you, Trey. What are you looking at at uh, running back this week? Nah, I just got Olet and McCray. Like I, I like I, I like this Olet guy. I think he could definitely break some uh, get some major yards, and I'm going to go with McCray for the exact reason why you said he's listed as a receiver. You could get some big open passes. He's a, he's a pretty fast guy, uh, and he's 2500, right? So it kind of fits in nicely. And the next, uh, well, I mean, sorry, I was going to say next to him is Dalton Schoen, who we're going to talk about later. And I think to have those two guys combine for only. Nine thousand five hundred yard or nine thousand five hundred dollars. I'll take that, right? So, right, Adam. You know, I'm just kind of a little concerned of where probably uh, McGray uh, would be lining up for Winnipeg. Is he right on the far side, on the blind side of uh, Kalaros, on the other side? Uh, that I'm not sure. I know he's in the slot back. He's taking Greg nice Ellingson's okay, spot. No. So, okay, no, then if he slots, yeah, probably I will take him. Uh, just because there's quite a few balls usually thrown out that way. Uh, if he was at a wide out in the far side, I mean, I probably would avoid it uh, just because of the position of where uh, they usually make throws to. Uh, so I'll take McGray. Uh, the other one I'm going to take is Frankie Hickson. You know what? Saskatchewan was able to run the ball uh, and usually can run it pretty effectively. But yet, for some reason, Jason Moss has decided not to run the ball. You know what? Just because he has a rookie cor- a running back in there, for some reason this week he'll decide to run the ball. So what the heck? I'll throw Frankie Hickson in there. And you know, Kadeem Carey is one we haven't talked about. He's had a fantastic year. He's averaged sixteen point nine points a game. He had a big one. I think his last game might have been that one against the Bombers, where he put up twenty eight point four. So Jake Mayer needs some help to get going here. Maybe they lean on him, but there's just too many good options at cheaper prices. I think you save the money for wide receiver and go with one of these cheaper options. But if you do. I'd stay away from the Edmonton running backs because uh, Chris Jones is pulling some depth chart shenanigans here the past couple of weeks where whether it's Ante Milanovic Litre or Malik Irons, whoever is listed as the starter, the other guy seems to start the first drive. So uh, yeah, you're probably going to be disappointed if you go either of those directions. Uh, let's move on to wide receiver here. Uh, and let's go uh, straight back to you here, Adam. Uh, who are you looking at as your potential wide receivers this week as I scroll through it here on the video feed? Self this time. Uh, there we go. Uh, you know what? I maybe am. He's too much money, though. I just am kind of looking at this for the first time as well this week. Uh, Kyron Moore is just a little too much money for me this week. I wanted to take him because he's back. I figured they're going to try to target him and get him involved right away in Saskatchewan. Just a little too much money for my liking just to take that chance because it's his first game of the season. Uh, Dalton Schoen I really like from Winnipeg. He's always got a touchdown in him some way, somehow. He'll have another one. Uh, another one that I really kind of like is, uh, again, I was going to take one of the Filippo boys, but they aren't going to be there this week. I do usually try to go a little cheaper on sometimes on my uh, running backs or on my wide receivers. I was thinking also to go with Devontae Dedman this week. Just to see what I get in returns, and I hope that how high is he this week? Is he right, right, ridiculous, or is he even on the list? Uh, I think I may have not uh, pulled him in on my charts here, but I believe on the CFL fantasy site, if somebody can look it up quickly, I think he's around fifty five hundred dollars. If I was uh, seeing correctly, so uh, Devon, yeah, Edmund is uh, fifty nine fifty three. 
Yeah, so I'll probably have Devontae Dedman in here. The other one that I really would like to have in my uh, roster this week, uh, if I'm not on a boycott of Saskatchewan, is Justin McInnes. He's had I, believe, a few good... I think he's actually out. Justin McInnes is out? I think he is out, according to the injury reports. Really? Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we'll take him. Another option might be Pappy White from Hamilton, uh, back from injury. Uh, I don't know how much they'll get him involved, but he might be worth looking at. He has had some games oh, sorry, against Toronto, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Trey, I don't know who else to say on my team, so uh, who do you got? Well, I got to go uh, with Dalton Schoen. I think I went with him almost every game this year. His price still isn't that ridiculous. Yeah, 7000 but I mean, he's still in the top, what, five, six in receiving yards, and like you said, gets a touchdown every week. So I'm going to go there. And then my other two, well, my receiver and flex spot, I'm going to go with the two BC guys. A little costly, but I'm going to go Keon Hatcher and Brian Burnham. You know, they got a, a guy under center now who – might need to be leaning on his receivers to help him out a little bit here. So I'm going to go with those two guys. Yeah, Richard in the chat mentioned, when was the last time three receivers from one team were the top three in price? Yeah, Rhymes, Whitehead, and Burnham are the three most expensive in the game. Just shows how good BC's offense has been this season, that they're at the top of the charts. And it's costly to put them in there, but uh, if they can produce again, I mean, it's it's paid off a lot of times throughout the season. Uh, in terms of options I like this week, I think he's too expensive for me to find the money to fit him in, but I like Kenny Lawler of the uh, of the Edmonton Elks because he's Taylor Cornelius's go-to guy, and his other go-to guy, Manny Arsenault, is on the six-game injured list. So if they're going to have a good day passing, it's likely Lawler's getting a high target share. He's getting some end zone looks there. Um, I like Tim White still in his last three games. He's been heating up here, 19.8 points. He had the big 39.5 last week, ever since Braylon Addison went down. And I called this a couple weeks ago uh, that uh, Tim White is going to be the go-to guy. In fact, Stephen Dunbar, who was so clutch earlier this season, is now trending downwards to only 9.9 average the past couple weeks. So Tim White seems to be the go-to option in Hamilton. Dalton Schoen, yeah. I'm putting I'm putting him in my lineup. I made the mistake a couple weeks ago of not, and I'm just not going to make that mistake again until he starts flopping week after week, which I don't think is happening. Uh, 15.7 on the season, 18.2 in his last three for him. As we scroll down the list here, kind of intrigued by an option like a Kamar Jordan or a Malik Henry. I don't think I have the guts to put them in my lineup at that price, but New quarterback in and Jake Mayer should bring life to that offense. Maybe he looks at a veteran guy like Jordan. Maybe they end up on the same page. But I don't know if I'm trusting to put that money in my lineup as we scroll down the list here. The couple other options I like. One, my big value play recommendation of the week, because again, you can't take Jalen Philpott. You can't take Tyson Philpott at $2,500 this week. The big one for me is Sean Bain of the Calgary Stampeders. He comes in at 32.96. I believe he was their number one receiver last week. He put up 16.9 points. He's averaged 12 in his last three games. There's no Richie Sandani this week. There's no Jalen Philpott this week. Uh, if Jake Mayer is going to have a good game, I think Bain is going to get involved there a decent amount. So I like him this week there as well. Also potentially like DeMonte Coxie to get a little more involved in that Toronto offense, but I think that there's a lot of pieces there. 
And uh, Keandre Smith uh, has been heating up for Hamilton with the injuries there as well. 6.6 average in his last three games. Uh, and uh, he seems to get a couple catches every week, and he's $2,500. So those are the potential plays I'm looking at at wide receiver here as well. Interestingly, Brandon Banks is almost bottom salary now at $2,587. It, it makes it so tempting every time he drops in price to put him in based on his past, but I don't know. It, it seems like he's still not hitting his weight here in his past couple games. Uh, over on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you gotta, if we're picking a defense this week, uh, there's only two above minimum price. 39.26 is Calgary, 37.50 is BC. Everybody else is at $3,200. And guys, I'm kind of shocked by this. Winnipeg and Saskatchewan both at $3,200. We have not seen that in quite some time. Uh, Trey, uh, was this one of the teams you were talking about at 3,200, uh, or, uh, were you looking somewhere else here at defense? No, originally I had BC because I thought maybe they'd get all up in Fajardo and, you know, get like that. And I'm still, I could make a last second change. I need to do a little bit of salary cap moving, but then I thought, yeah, Mayer's had some good games against BC, like you mentioned earlier in the show, but Winnipeg could do the same thing and get in the face of a new, a quarter you know, that guy who's trying to, you know, take over a big step and could be the new guy in Calgary. So I'm between BC and Winnipeg. I just went with Winnipeg based off this uh, price. And also, again, it would be a little sweeter if I have the Winnipeg defense in my lineup beating uh, BB Can Ryan, right? And the Stampeder guy. So that's kind of my thought there. Adam, what about you? If Saskatchewan is going to have any hope of winning this game, I have to take Saskatchewan. Uh, they're one of the low-priced uh, defenses, which is weird, especially seeing as they're playing the quarterback that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Michael O'Connor is more of a passing uh, from the pocket quarterback from what I can remember of him in the university days. I don't know. I kind of think that that could be the changing point uh, for a win for Saskatchewan. But if nothing else, it might get me some points for some interceptions and some sacks and some other good stuff. So I think I'll go try Saskatchewan one more time. They've, they've broken my heart so many times, but I think I'll try it one more time. Right. Yeah. For me this week at defense, BC is the number one for me. If I can fit them in, I rattled off the stats on our Monday recap show that they're top one or two in almost every defensive category. I'm still not sold on that Saskatchewan offensive line. And I think part of a big BC win is going to come if their defense can make the plays that they've shown they've been able to make so far this season. So uh, I like uh, BC at 37.50 if you can keep them in. Winnipeg at 3,200. Uh, yeah, I'm shocked they're down there in price as well. But, you know, as good as they've been at shutting teams down in the fourth quarter, they haven't exactly gotten the pressure on the quarterback. They didn't really on Trevor Harris in back-to-back games there when we all expected them to. So uh, I part of me wants to take the Bombers there, but I do believe Jake Mayer – if. I'll say this, if Bo Levi Mitchell was starting, the Bombers would be my go-to defense to put in here. But I think Mayer is a little more savvy right now at this point in the season, so I don't like that as much. I might go Toronto if I need a $3,200 defense. Dane Evans back in. He's thrown a couple picks this year. Um, Toronto against Calgary last week. Huge defensive effort in the first half. Kind of tempted there. They seem a bit streaky, but could deliver a big total. But uh trey we've got a question in the chat from chris that asks uh what does gainer say uh for you to uh, pick this week on defense what's that buddy 
Yeah, he says uh, he says take the Saskatchewan defense. No, um, that's probably what he would have to say uh, legally and contractually. I don't think the the face of the franchise can legally take any other one else, right? So hey, he's also not supposed to wear a Winnipeg Blue Bombers hat, but here we are. Yeah, you know, yeah, I I couldn't. I told him it wasn't a great idea, but he doesn't listen to me, man. He just does his own thing. At least he doesn't have the green eyes like the actual one, so that's fine. All I can say, Trey, is next week he's probably going to be eating crow. That's all I can say. Probably, 100%, 100%. But, you know, it's all the fun of Labor Day. Buzz and Boomer are still your guys' mascots, right? Yeah. 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 You can get all the bird things you want, man. I don't care, man. Just don't come after what it, Captain What's-His-Face that drives the plane, man. He's iconic. <laughs> I don't even know his name. <laughs> I think it's captain. You gotta get off the ground. I mean, come on. How is he a captain? <laughs> of course, you can uh, you can tune in to our uh, Wednesday night preview next week for the uh, for the Labor Day weekend games. Uh, might have a bit of a special episode on that one. Not sure if we're gonna get into covering all the games because I have a feeling these guys are gonna have a lot to say on Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. But let's get into our betting content here. Our picks against the spread powered by BetStamp. Uh, BetStamp helps you find the best prices for your online wagers to maximize the value. Learn more at BetStamp.app. Sign up with referral code CFC. Start tracking your bets there today. And uh, that's what we're going to do with the picks we're making here as well. The three of us will make our picks against the spread. We'll use the BetStamp best odds uh to determine what our spreads are and then uh our consensus picks best two out of three will decide what our officially tracked picks are for the week so i'll pull them up here on the screen as uh you take us away here uh resident betting expert trey yes sir guys thursday night football oh man i can't wait for nfl season two but this thursday night's up north of the border we got the stamps rolling into ig field oh man I'm going to take the Bombers minus six, that cool bet there. I know it, it's it been a close series, and I'm just, again, I don't, I think the Bombers are going to win. It's that that dang spread that Ryan always likes to say, but I'm going to take the Bombers minus six. Let's move up the ladder here. Adam, what do you think? I, I don't like minus six. I mean, minus seven, I would have no option. I'd have to take the Stampeders because... I think this game is going to be a lot closer than this. But uh, six and a half, plus six and a half for Calgary. Ooh. I hate to be the guy to decide it, but uh, you know what? I'm going to probably go with the Calgary Stampeders right now. That seems like too much of a difference, uh, especially seeing as these last games have been just really, really close uh, between the Bombers and the Stamps. Six and a half. I know it's an IGF, but that's a little much. Uh, Ryan? What do you think? The odds on this game intrigue me because I think they got further apart after Calgary changed their quarterback uh, and Jake Mayer has come in and is, I would have expected it to narrow because I think Jake Mayer is currently the best quarterback on Calgary's roster at this point in their careers. Uh, that's not taking nothing away from Bowie by Mitchell. So Plus six and a half. I think also Winnipeg-Calgary games, I don't have the official stat, but I want to say over the last two, three years, almost every game has been decided within like the last second or two uh, and by a field goal or less. So I'm going to agree with Adam. I hate uh, leaving Trey as the odd man out in the two-on-one because, well, he is our betting expert, and so that's probably not going to bode well for us. 
as a group, but uh, I'm going to take Calgary at six and a half here as well. I think Winnipeg, I still think Winnipeg probably wins this, but I will take Calgary to cover. And uh, also, you know, if you look at the money line price here, like the payout is uh, a 3.00 here on Calgary. I don't think I've seen that from any team yet in the past couple of weeks when looking at this. I'm kind of shocked the outright pick is so like such a good payout on a team that has what lost only to, to Winnipeg and BC this season and has a decent quarterback here. So I don't know. Interesting lines this week, Trey. No, I agree. But the one thing that I'm having my, like I'm leaning towards Winnipeg and we kind of said this a few weeks against Calgary and Bo, Winnipeg got embarrassed at home by Montreal. You know what I mean? And, and, and they're a proud, like every team, they're a proud group, uh, group of guys. I think O'Shea is going to have these guys ready to go. Bombers, Beating the spreads is tough, but again, it's, I would rather take Winnipeg and uh, be proved wrong. And Richard in the chat, yes, if Calgary and Mayor win this one, you can uh, you can tell us all you told, or you can tell me told you so all you want next Monday and Wednesday. So thanks, Richard, for that. Uh, let's move on to Friday. Ooh, the Thai Cat Oski Wee Wee versus the Toronto Argonauts. I'm going to take Toronto minus two and a half again on Cool Bet. They're at home. I know it's probably going to be another home game for Hamilton at BMO Field, but I, I really like to see what Toronto can do. I want them to try to take a hold of this division, and I think this is the week to do it. Let's go right to the top of the ladder. Ryan, what do you think of this one? I'm trying to outthink myself on this one. I'm trying to think of what I think Toronto is going to do in this one and then pick the opposite because that seems to be generally what happens here. And to be honest, I don't know. And I hate when the spread is this close because it makes it extra tough. Um, on a matchup like this that I can see going either way, I'm inclined to take the tie Cats at plus three from Bet99 because... If, even if they lose, I get a bit of a bit of a window there to still pull out the win on this one. So I think Hamilton could come in here and win this one over the Argos. So uh, I'll disagree with you again here, Trey. It's scary, but uh, hey, I got to catch up to you here on the picks, right? So uh, maybe this is the way I do it. But no, I, I think it's close either way, so I'm not confident, but I'll take Hamilton uh, at plus three here. Adam? Well, it's very tough to beat a team uh, three times in a row, and I know that's what they were lining up for, uh, what Trey's lining up for in Winnipeg. Uh, you're right, Richard, in the chat. Calgary's proud, too. But uh, you know what? In this game here, I don't know what to say. Uh, every time I think Hamilton's going to win on the road, they don't. Every time I think Toronto's going to finally break out, they don't. So I'm going to go with Toronto because they're a home team, but that's the only reason why I'm taking Toronto. Uh I really honestly don't know who's going to win this one just because either team seems to grab a gun and shoot themselves in the foot at any given moment. So, yeah, give me Toronto. I'm happy you picked Toronto here because if both of us said we have no idea which way to go and picked Hamilton when Trey picked Toronto, like even more than the last game, we're never hearing the end of that one if, uh, if we got it wrong. So leave me as the odd man out here. Yeah, Richard in the chat too. Glad I'm, I'm not in your shoes having to pick this game. If you want to be, by all means, you can join us over on uh, Betstamp and pick your picks and tell us what you did last next week. Uh, be sure to try it out, see what it's like. Yeah, for sure. I've been having a good time uh, keeping track of my uh, my progress on there. So yeah, make sure to check it out. But on to this one Friday. Oh man, this is going to be a late another late game to stay up to. I hate these BC start times, but. Saskatchewan goes into BC. I'm gonna, 
I hate taking the favorites all the time, but I'm going to have to take BC because I think it's their game to lose. Yes, Saskatchewan could easily win it. Or not easily win it, but there are things they could do to win it. But I think if BC does win, they're going to do what they do and leave O'Connor out there and kind of run the score up a bit. So I'm going to go with BC. Adam, I know this one's probably going to hurt you to pick too, man. BC, next. Well, I'll make it a I'll make it a clean sweep across the board here. I'm picking the Lions here. If the spread was bigger than it is, maybe I would have some consideration. But if we're picking between Saskatchewan at plus four and a half from Tony Bet or uh, BC at minus three and a half from Cool Bet here, yeah, I don't think that's uh, too big of an outcome for BC. I'll, I'll take the Lions to win this one by by more than three and a half points. You know, I just want to read a question in the chat there. Uh, Chris, you say this will be like a home game for Saskatchewan. There's always more green than orange. The crowd isn't traveling like it used to, I'll tell you that much. I could see there being a few more uh, Ryder fans in the crowd than usual. But they, kudos to the web, uh, BC ownership. They are getting orange in that crowd, and they don't care how they do it. They are going to get some more orange in this crowd and uh, I just don't know if I like the odds right now with that offensive line with Saskatchewan. I just, I'd like to say to Saskatchewan because it's my team, but I can't right now in good conscience say that they can win this game until I can actually see some reasonable reason to actually pick them. Probably I'm going to pick the opponents for, uh, for the foreseeable future, except for next week. That one there's all different. We'll talk about that next week. No, of course, man. Of course, it doesn't matter what the lines are. We have to take our teams next week. On to the last game of the week. It's the well, it, a couple of weeks ago, I think I called it for the, the you know the first overall pick game. But now Edmonton's got a little momentum going and looking at fourth place potentially. Oh, I'm gonna take all the favorites this week, and I hate to do it, but I really think Edmonton's gonna break their uh, loseless at home streak and do it by a couple win or a couple points. Oh, watch it be a mm, no Edmonton. I'm gonna stick with Edmonton, Ryan. Chaos. I'm going with Ottawa here. I think I think that's the the it's the, just the stupidness of uh, Ottawa coming in and Edmonton losing here at home again. Uh, Nick Arbuckle does not like the way he was handled in Edmonton. I think he comes in for the revenge game, and there's no other person I think in the CFL that anybody would rather have revenge against than Chris Jones. So. Uh, I think uh, this is a must win for Ottawa, obviously, here, and they find a way to get it done on the road. Uh, I will take Ottawa at plus three and a half. I'm looking at this game here, and I really hope that there's one of those beer fridges in Edmonton somewhere that's going to be right full and the gates get unlocked right when they win this one because those Edmonton fans need a drink after 1,100 uh, days of not winning a home game. I think it's finally going to happen this week. I'm going to go with the Edmonton Elks. I just look at Ottawa and I say that you could have anybody back there right now. The coach is just, the coaching is not there. The preparation isn't there. I got to say that it's going to be the Edmonton Elks. And uh, finally, they can actually drink and celebrate a home game. I love it, boys. Real quick, just to recap. Um, keep a standings here. I think I said I'm on Monday, but you know, Mr. Ryan, not doing too bad. Uh, rookie, better gambler, 29 and or 24 and 19. That's too bad. Adam, you did really good, man. I was actually scared early on that you were going to pass me and I was going to lose my resident betting title. 22 and 21. 
ah, we'll give you that it's, you know, you've been busy on the farm, man. You know, we'll give you that. And it's, it's tough to look at all the lines and stuff. And myself, 27 and 16, I got a three uh, win lead on uh, Cooper Trooper up top there. But hey, you are making money with all of us uh, if you bet along. So keep that in mind. Yeah, and you can see here, uh, if you're watching the video feed, here's our consensus picks over the past number of weeks. You can find that on betstamp.app and search. And the marketplace for it at CF Countdown Pod is our name there. And hopefully, we had three and one last week. Hopefully, a better week this week with the consensus picks. Although, I picked against you guys here twice. So, uh, what do I want? Our consensus picks to be right or my picks to be right here? Uh, <laughs> maybe a mix of both. Of course, uh, you can uh, follow along all season long and lots of fun being had. Here, uh, if you do sign up for Betstamp, use referral code CFC. Um, you know, you were. We've been talking about the Edmonton super quick here. We've been talking about the Edmonton uh, home stand and losing streak. Another ridiculous streak is the race to 400 home wins that Winnipeg and Calgary are both at. I think 399, and Edmonton has been at what 397 for like two and a half years now. Um, and just haven't won a game at home. So Winnipeg's got the shot against Calgary to get it. We've been waiting weeks and weeks. Both of them lost their last home games. Winnipeg could do it this week, or Edmonton could get themselves on a roll, and who knows, and it becomes more interesting going into next week. So watch out for that. Uh, I think that pretty much does it here for our Week 12 preview as we get ready to wrap things up. Uh, Lots of fun tonight. Lots of fun to come on the podcast next week. Um, we'll have our week 12 recap show on Monday night. We'll recap everything from this week, go through the storylines, power rankings, players of the week, and of course, fantasy and betting results there as well. Uh, same time, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. You can find us over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and the Game Time TV YouTube page streaming live there. You can also find it in your podcast feeds Tuesday morning. Uh, you can catch our week 12 preview show or week 13 preview show, sorry, our Labor Day preview show again next week. Expect fireworks, bring the popcorn, Adam and Trey, bomber fan, rider fan. I mean, I'm a bomber fan as well, but I feel like I'm the the, the impartial, neutral observer. I, I'm, I'm finding a ref costume if I can, okay? Uh, it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be a great week here on the podcast for that. Looking very much forward to it. Maybe a guest coming in to help us out as well, but uh, you'll have to stay tuned. Uh, no, it's not Gainer the Gopher again. Maybe it is. I don't know. Trey, you can bring him back next week. You know what, Gainer, you did all right tonight. I think you had a you, you had a good first appearance on the pod. You're welcome back anytime, uh, Mr. Gopher. Uh, yeah, next week, week 13 preview, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Adjust your other time zones accordingly. All made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more at facebook.com slash Game Time TV MB. Uh, thank you to everybody who's joined us in the chat all night long here. Uh, lots of great comments as always. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, and if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. The search CF Countdown Pod there. Check out the great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well at CF Pod Network. And of course, you can find each of us over on social media. Uh, Adam, where can people find everything you're doing these days? 
yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one uh, going to be lots and lots of brace yourselves. There's lots of harvest photos coming very soon. I actually started in the field tonight, uh, managed to get a little bit uh, pre harvest done. So there's going to be lots of combining photos coming very soon. Uh, Rider fans, please come and help me strategize on how we're going to beat Trey and the Blue Bombers next week. Because I've got to figure out some stuff to try to get him off his game. Uh, just to see how bad of a bet he'll make uh, after that. I don't know if we have to go and find two crows and bring them into this podcast. Or if we have to go and find a pilot of some sort. I don't know what we have to do to get him rattled. I mean... He already brought the gopher into this, so you know it's personal. That's all I can say. So, uh, yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one Be sure also to check out Mike Garrell. Mike is at Mike Garrell. Um, yeah, Mike Garrell, I believe. And also uh, at GameTimeTVMB. And Trey, where can people find you in your evil, evil ways? You can find me at TreyMBHarness. Uh Oh, I always got a lot of harness racing stuff going on there. Uh, not great news in the Winnipeg front on that, but I digress. I'll keep moving on. I got other things to worry about. I got a nice trip to Regina. I'm trying to, you know, figure out and go stop in Verdon and see some family. So it'll be a good weekend next weekend. But yeah, at Trey MB Harness. Uh, what was I going to say? I had something. Oh, yeah, I was going to say for the two hockey guys. This is actual news, better than my Chris Streveler news. Phil Kessel, I didn't know he was around. Signs a one-year deal with the Vegas Golden Knights, man. That's interesting news. I thought he was, you know, how many hot dogs is a 1.5 million going to pay him, man? So now I want to now I want to see Vegas win the cup just to see Phil Kessel celebrate. And you know what? I want, I thought he was going to go to Edmonton. I mean, the official sponsor is Harvest Meats, which makes one of the best hot dogs there is. I, I honestly had him going there. Oh well, guess the. Guess don't trust me on insider news for the NHL. Yeah, man. Well, you know, where's Mike when you need him, man? He's more of our hockey guy, right, with his other show. So, yeah, thought I should redeem myself that the last time my breaking news wasn't that breaking. So, Hey, any news is breaking news. It's not necessarily even – it's breaking. It happened. It's new. It's news. Um, Adam, uh, Richard in the chat wants to know what you're harvesting. Oh, yeah, no, I'm harvesting uh, spring wheat right away. So uh, uh, CDC Brandon, if you really want the variety of the wheat even, uh, was seeded May the 9th, looks like a great crop. Uh, yeah, I was doing some pre-harvesting there today. I would think probably in about a week or so, we will be combining for sure because, uh, yeah, it'll be probably sprayed off by then and uh, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, if you want to follow me over there, I also do some live posts on Instagram during harvest. So uh, if you guys want to sit and visit with me in the combine, by all means, uh, farmer in Sask for that as well. I guess I forgot to mention that earlier. And Chris, no, I'm not going to go talk to the wheat bales. The wheat bales won't help me. Right now I'm focusing on that football from Edmonton. I mean, uh, from the yellow and uh, green team uh, that uh, runs around the uh, stands. So he's giving me some advice. Perfect. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. It starts with a K. If you want to talk CFL, CFL fantasy, I'm always down to chat that. The NFL starting up soon, and I'm trying to get more into that this year. Uh, I've got an NFL uh, fantasy draft coming up. I've been doing a lot of studying for that, but I could use some tips. So uh, if you got any, uh, uh, you know, I'm the, the CFL fantasy guru. I'm uh, not so good on the NFL side yet. So Got any hints, uh, send them my way at Cooper Trooper 42 and uh, looking forward to more football coming up here soon. 
Yeah, if I could just add real quick, people college season starts too, so maybe check out our friend Brandon. Uh, I think they start this week. There's a game in Ireland. Uh, I believe Nebraska plays uh, Northwestern in Dublin this week. Yeah, I know. Apparently, it's big at, at their NCAA fans in the UK. Apparently, so just keep that in mind. So you know, NF- NCAA season starts soon too for uh, fantasy and betting people out there. Yeah, so check out Brandon Sanders at CFF University, uh, host the Campus to Canton podcast. I think they just dropped their first two episodes for the season. So so uh, go check that out there and uh, go back and listen to the episode he did here with us a couple weeks ago, talking about college players that are now playing in the CFL. Lots of fun there. Of course, you can uh, catch all of our shows live every week over on a variety of platforms and whatever podcast platform you're listening or watching on we always appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like comment subscribe rate review share the show with your friends help us grow the show we always appreciate that uh we appreciate everybody hanging out with us i appreciate both of you guys for another fun night here and looking forward to another fun week of football here thanks for listening take care have a good one bye